Happy holidays! Well, maybe. We all know that the life of a pilot wife can often be very stressful, filled with anxiety during the holidays. So let's unpack some key tips for holiday survival as an airline pilot wife. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your best life as a pilot wife and family. I'm your co-captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades and can't imagine any other lifestyle. It can be turbulent, lonely, and it can be the most fabulous life you could ever imagine. Do you have a question or suggestion for the show? Ask it at ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. And if you want the Pilot Wife Checklist, Seven Keys to a Fabulous Pilot Wife Life, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage and strap in. Let's unpack the Pilot Wife Life. Well, ho, 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 and welcome back to today's show on navigating the holidays as a pilot wife and a family. Well, we all know the halls may be decked, the refrigerator may be full, Christmas cards may be sent, the tree is decked out in its finest, and maybe there are gifts under the tree already. And at the same time, you might be feeling a little bit of stress, anxiety, overwhelmment, and disappointment if the holidays aren't shaping up to be exactly as you wanted them to be, that Hallmark card, right? Because possibly your pilot's going to be flying. Well, as I mentioned, holidays can create a lot of anxiety, added stress, and emotional overload for the pilot wife. We ask ourselves, will they be home for Christmas and the big days? What about shopping? Are they going to be there for parties and social events, or are you going to attend yet again by yourself? What about kids' events, decorating and helping out? Well, first, I'm going to go through a short checklist to get clear on before I deep dive into some of what we're going to be covering. Again, I'm Jackie Elmer, a pilot wife for over three decades, and I've been through all of it, experienced all of the emotions, the anxiety, the stress, and ultimately have had the most fabulous life. All right, so here's that short checklist. First and foremost, plan ahead and prepare as soon as you can once you get their schedule. Chances are they may be doing trip trade with open time or whatever it is specifically with your airline, but my guess is they want to be home too. So once you've determined that they're actually not going to be home, this checklist is important. So the second key step is to handle your emotions ahead of time. Seriously, take a look at it, look at their schedule, look at what's planned, plot out as best you can how you're going to get things handled, what they're going to be there for, and then just deal with your emotions a little bit. It sounds crazy maybe, but set aside some time. It's okay to be sad and even angry. That's acceptable. Feel the feelings, acknowledge them, work through them, and do your best not to be mad at the pilot because they can't help it either. And as I mentioned, they're probably not happy about it. Next step, call in your community, your family and circle of friends. Have a plan ahead of time. Be the party starter if you have to. I'm going to share some of my experiences, but I learned to be the one to schedule the events with or without my pilot and create that fun, fabulous experience, not just for myself, not just for my children and family, but for other people's people in the area and in my community who might not have any place to go either. 
And then finally, know that this too shall pass. You're not going to spend every holiday alone. All of them won't be like this, but there are going to be those times when it happens. Now, since I was already part of the airline world, if you listened to the previous episode where I shared a little of my story, I worked in aviation before I met and started dating and ultimately married my pilot. So I already knew about working holidays. So I was somewhat prepared, sort of. That doesn't mean that I didn't have my frustrations with all of it by any means. And one thing I wanna point out, I'm not trying to make light of any of this. I understand handling emotions, dealing with emotions. Heck, I understand it as good as anybody because I'm a person who avoided my emotions for most of my adult life till I realized it wasn't doing me any favors and I learned how to really handle emotions, deal with them and move through them and become happy. So I don't want to be a Pollyanna. I don't want to make light of any frustrations, anger, sadness, disappointment that you're experiencing. My goal is just to give you some ideas, some tips, um, some ways of handling these type things because it's the reality of life. Life is 50-50. At any given time, in, in the same day, we can be happy, we can be sad, we can be frustrated, we can be joyful, we can shift emotions on a dime. And you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, so if you've ever done any type of shift work, chances are you're already familiar uh, with working holidays. If you've ever done anything outside of the corporate, normal, eight to five type lifestyle. It's nothing new. Businesses run 24-7 all around the world, and the airline world is certainly no exception. And for most of us, it's seniority-based. Now, if you are military, if you are with a corporate or charter pilot, chances are that's a little bit different. But for commercial aviation, it's typically a seniority-based system. And that's why I say this too shall pass. There are going to be times when they fly, times when they don't. And again, that could be different in the corporate and charter world. So I'm speaking mostly about where I come from in, the, in commercial aviation. And regardless, some of these tips and pointers can help. So as I cover in the, uh, the Pilot Wife Checklist, the seven keys to a fabulous pilot wife life. If you don't have that, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. But the first key that I have are dealing with the three A's, the triple A's as I call them, awareness, acknowledgement, and acceptance. So be clued in on these with your emotional state. Ask for help and support. Share what's going on for you with other people. Now, when I started in the airlines, uh, after about two years, I moved away from my family. I moved, uh, you know, about 1,300 miles from my home. But I managed to make it home every year for the holidays. Four years into that, well, actually three years into uh, my aviation career, I started dating my pilot. And the fourth year of the holiday season, we decided to stay home where we lived. We were both living in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. He's from Missouri. I'm from Colorado. But we decided to stay together that year and just blow off family. And it was fabulous. We had just the two of us for a very fun, romantic Christmas. We were both off. He was in pilot management. I was in sales and marketing. So we were both off that year for Christmas. And it was fabulous. And that's the first time I ever went to a movie on Christmas Day. Now, this was in the 80s. And this may be something that was going on for years, but I'm from a small town. I'm from Durango, Colorado. Um, if, if movies were going on back then on Christmas Day, I was totally unaware of it. But that's what we did. We had a beautiful Christmas morning. 
made a nice dinner, and then we went to a movie about five o'clock on Christmas Day. And it was fantastic. And ultimately, over time, we made that into a family tradition with our kids once they were older. In the afternoon on Christmas Day, we would go to a movie as a family, and it was really great. And it was just the start of many traditions. So my key with that is to get you thinking about things that might be out of the norm for you that you can begin to incorporate into a family tradition. Now, fast forward to the year 1990, we are both working for America West Airlines at this point. I'll share more about our whole story as time goes on and why we went from American Eagle to America West back to American Airlines. That's a whole other story. Um, but he was a pilot back on the line, and I was actually in a cross, a customer service, CSR, customer service agent. CSA, I guess, is what it was called. I can't even remember. It was so long ago. And we did everything. We were cross-utilized. So we did gates, ticket counter, through bags, uh, flight attendant, ramp, all of it. And I was in a in a routine of flying as a flight attendant for a lot that year. And we had made friends. My husband and I had both made friends with one particular scheduler in crew scheduling. Now, again, this was a long time ago. The airline was smaller and you actually, it was family oriented and we met people. And we had this great relationship with a scheduler. He called me one day and made a deal with me. If I would fly a four day trip and give up two of my days off early he would block my time and give me Christmas off and Mark, my husband, already had Christmas off. So we learned to wheel and deal. I don't know that that's a thing anymore, but that's something that we did and it was fantastic. I spent uh, Christmas, the morning of the 23rd in Boston. It was fabulous. I had a great time with the crew, flew home, and then I was home Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and it was great. But again, we just learned how to juggle our schedules as best we could and make the most of it. Now, by 1992, we had our first child, and that first Christmas with our son was tough. I knew it was coming because my husband had to fly. He wasn't senior enough to hold it off. He had to fly that year, and by that time, he was uh, flying for American. He had moved from America West to American, and he was very junior. That was He had just finished up his first year, very junior, and so I knew that he wouldn't get the holiday off and he didn't. Um, so that first year was tough. And as much as I'd love to tell you, I was totally prepared for it emotionally. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for the emotional emptiness of it with just my son. But interestingly, uh, that morning, Christmas Eve, my husband was flying through Phoenix. He was based in LA at this time. Is that right? Yeah, he was based in LA. We were living in Phoenix and he was flying through Phoenix with about an hour, hour and a half layover in Phoenix. This was before 911. So we were able to actually go through security without showing anything. So it's kind of interesting. I went to the mall, which I hate the mall. I'm not a shopper, but I went to the mall that morning uh, to look for a Christmas tie for my husband. I don't know why I don't know. I don't remember why I wanted the Christmas tie, but they were able to wear them uh, and they still are today. But anyway, I wanted a Christmas tie. So we went to the mall. I'm wandering around in Macy's, find a Christmas tie. I walk out and the Santa photo, Santa Claus taking photos um, with kids was up. And that this was Christmas Eve morning. And I thought, oh, that'd be really cool. So I waited in line, got my very first picture. My son is one day shy of three months old because his birthday is September 25th. One day shy of three months old, I got his first Santa picture. 
put it in a frame. Um, I think they gave me two pictures. And then I went to the airport to meet my husband. We had lunch at the airport and took my son. I have a picture of him sitting in the cockpit with my son on his lap at three months. Gave him the picture. I can't remember if I gave him the Christmas tie. Maybe I did. But uh, took the other picture home in the frame. And interestingly, that started a tradition for us that every year on Christmas Eve morning, we started going to the mall and doing Santa Claus pictures with our kids. Now, back then, especially, Christmas Eve was a great time to go to the mall and do Santa Claus pictures because most everybody else had already done it. But we would go to the mall, we would get coffee and hot chocolate and just make a whole event out of it. So that again led us to starting a tradition that we carried all the way through until my children were adults. We're in Ventura, California at the mall and we literally were the last ones in the line to have our Santa pictures taken and they closed the line down for two hours so Santa could go to lunch. And we didn't have time to stick around because we already had other plans. And that blew it for us after all those years, 20 plus years of Christmas Eve Santa Claus pictures. And I have to tell you, I can be really babyish when it comes to that. My traditions become important to me and I had to sulk and be really mad for about an hour till I finally had to get over it and go have a great time with my husband who was off that year and my adult children who were home. Uh, So anyway, that's kind of our tradition. But that very first Christmas with my son as a newborn, I spent it at my neighbor's house. They had a daughter who was about six months older and a million times more advanced in their eyes. I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you've been around someone who their kid can do no wrong and your kid's just kind of like the loser Magoo. Now, I was probably being still a little bit of a sulky baby because my husband, I mean, my son was only three months old. What could he have possibly been doing at three months old? But I'm probably um, projecting things that went on later that I was aware of. Anyway, as the years came and went, uh, so I spent that first Christmas with neighbors. And then over time, I realized I needed to be the one to plan because those first few years of my children's lives Uh, early lives, he was not home for Christmas. So as those years came and went, I kept up the tradition. Now, a tradition that we had had in the airline industry was uh, bringing in what I call all the misfit toys. (laughs) And that is inviting everybody who didn't have someplace to go, didn't have family, didn't have someplace to spend Christmas. You know, we started having it at our house, me with roommates and then ultimately with my husband. And I began to continue that tradition in Phoenix uh, over time. Because, especially back then in Phoenix, so many people weren't from the area, were from the Midwest, Chicago, California, um, Michigan, you know, a lot of people were not from Phoenix, and they didn't go home every year at Christmas. Airline tickets were a lot more expensive. It was just a different time. So I started a tradition of having a big cul-de-sac party. I lived in a cul-de-sac in Phoenix with 13 houses, so it went in deep, and we started planning big holiday potluck parties in, uh, on on Christmas Day, starting in the afternoon. Now, you know, of course, in Phoenix, the weather's nice and you can do that. Over time, we found somebody who would rent us a jumping castle. They would bring it out on Christmas Eve, set it up for us, and they didn't come and pick it up until the day after Christmas. So for the same price as one day, we ultimately got like almost three days. And the neighborhood kids and my kids loved it. Someone had a margarita machine, we had rollerblades, bikes, we had so much fun 
in the Phoenix, early Phoenix days in that cul-de-sac. Now, right after 9-11, which is another story I'll get to in an episode, we're going to do one on, you know, the 9-11 post-recovery. But uh, within the year of 9-11, we ended up moving to California. My husband was based in LA. We moved to the mountains in a fabulous community, Lake Arrowhead, California. And we kept up that same tradition there, new friends, new families, and it was just truly a magical time. Uh, oh, after that, we ended up relocating to Ventura for three years. Well, we actually bought a place there in 2008. So we had a home out there for n- nine years. Um, and, and that first year in 2008, we spent Christmas at the beach and we made it very beachy. We got a small tree. We went to the beach stores and bought all Christmas ornaments that reflected the beach. And our Christmas dinner that year was seafood chowder and I think we did halibut, and we made it just a very beachy kind of Christmas. And I really learned to let go of um, old traditions to make room for new traditions. Hey, Pilot Wife and fellow aviator, the Pilot Wife podcast is brought to you by peakperformanceforlife.com, the app that helps you create a vision for your life and the action steps to set, track and achieve your goals in the seven key areas of life, faith, family, field, finance, fitness, friends, and fun. You can learn more at peakperformanceforlife.com and you can learn to welcome peace, joy, and harmony into your successful life. All right, so back to the holidays. One thing was for sure with my husband, he did not want to travel over the holidays, so we seldom did. Now, I'm not sure what your pilot's like, but mine is like that. He always used to say the last thing I want to do, especially during the holidays, is get on another airplane and deal with the holiday travel and traffic and hecticness of it and all of that. You may be living a different situation, but that's how it was in my family. So I just accepted that and learned to make the most of it. We were very clear with our own family where the boundaries were. And for whatever reason, they may not have liked it, but they totally respected it. So by the time my kids were in elementary school, luckily, he held every holiday off that he wanted. Now, of course, that sounds great, but keep in mind that was during what we call the lost decade. That was after 9-11 when there was literally no hiring, no upgrades except for retirements. And so your opportunity to move around was very sparse. So we had great holidays and schedules and we were stuck financially in terms of movement. Airline pay was great, but it wasn't nearly as lucrative as it is today. So again, I learned to keep in mind there's good and bad to life and we just learned to deal with that. Now, over time, once we were empty nesters, again, we continued the same. We moved back to Phoenix in 2016, and at that point, our children were gone, we were empty nesters. Both of them still came home a lot for the holidays, but not always on the holiday. My husband, or my son at that time was an EMT working out of a fire station, so he was on shift work, and today he's in the Marine Corps, And I won't be seeing him this holiday season, but we'll be out there in January. So we just learned to deal with that. Our daughter still, knock on wood, has made it home every single holiday and will this year as well. But we quit making the actual holiday such a priority in terms of my husband's schedule. It was more important to us to get the other time off that we wanted. And if he flew partially on Christmas Day or got home Christmas Eve or whatever, 
it just wasn't such a big deal. So I, I do remember in 2016, he flew Christmas. Um, but my family of origin is here in Phoenix, which is kind of cool. Now I'm back with my whole family of origin. They all made it from Colorado out this way when I moved here. And then I went on to California and they're here. But that's great because I'm able to spend time with family no matter what. But I've also learned to treasure my alone time and I've learned to make new friends and put myself out there. We have a new tradition now that we have a Christmas Eve open house at our home every single Christmas Eve. So if you're in the Phoenix area, reach out to me. If you don't have anything to do on Christmas Eve, I'm in far north Scottsdale. I'll warn you that. So it's a drive, but it's beautiful and fabulous and you are welcome at my home. But I did learn to treasure my alone time and I learned to make new friends and put myself out there wherever I go. Now, I'm more of an extrovert and I make friends pretty easily and I am a very active, social, fun person. So uh, fun and holidays and having something to do is important to me. A great example is right after I moved into my neighborhood in Phoenix, I met my neighbor, Amy, at the mailbox and that was shortly before Easter. We became friends and um, started doing some happy hours together and the topic of Easter came up and I learned to kind of put it out there semi-pathetically that I didn't have anything going on for Easter and so she invited me and I met a whole new group of friends, had a fabulous time. My husband was flying. You may have heard me say we have a funny saying in our house and that is Mark was flying, Mark was flying, Mark was flying. Mark was flying that Easter, and I went to my neighbors, met all of them, and it was a little bit of time before he actually got to meet them. And since that time, they come to my Christmas Eve open house every year. We spent Thanksgiving together this year. All of us, you know, we make the most of it, and they're not from here either. So again, be willing to let go of your perfect ideal of the Hallmark Christmas. Be open to new possibilities, new experiences, and new people into your life. I reflect back on uh, what this has done for me. I Every year I do a signature holiday cocktail. I mean, I've just learned to make new traditions and let go of the ones that I grew up with as a family, not all of them, but to create my own traditions and bring those into my life. Now, I've had to accept that with my adult children too, I mentioned my daughter has still made it home every year, but last year my husband and I made a pact that that might be our last Christmas with her home for a while for Christmas. Well, thankfully it's working out that she'll be here this year. She lives in Nashville, we're in Scottsdale. But we agreed that we were A, never going to put pressure on our kids because our family pretty much left us alone. They're always welcome, always invited, but we won't put pressure on them. And at the same time, we are learning to create new traditions for ourselves. We had planned to travel somewhere the day after Christmas this year, but now she's coming home, so we're not going to do that. But we're open to being Christmas with the cranks if we need to. And, uh, you know, again, set some new traditions just for us. So I really want to encourage you to be open to that. Here are some questions that I learned to ask myself around any disappointing situation, but certainly the holidays. I asked myself, Will it matter in five hours? This, whatever I'm going through, will it matter in five hours? Will it matter in five days? Will it matter in five weeks, five months, or five years? And I can tell you looking back, even five days ago, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I made the most of where I was at the time. 
And that really is how life is. It's the anticipation of the emptiness of what we're experiencing or what we think we're going to experience that's often much worse than the reality of experiencing it. We have to choose our emotions each day. Now, my kids and I look back now and remember only the good times. My husband looks back and remembers that too, except when I say, Mark was flying. Mark was fine. Mark was flying. But we do look back and we remember the good times. I learned to put my focus on my children and making their experience the best it could be and not focusing on what it was that we didn't have or if my husband wasn't home or any of those type things. And as I said, this year at Thanksgiving, we had a fabulous party. I hosted, had over 20 people at my house, had my family of origin here. That was really fun. Had my brother's sister and brother-in-law and had a whole gaggle of neighbors and we had a great time. But neither one of my kids and family was here. And my son is married so I, and I have a granddaughter now, but they weren't here over Thanksgiving. But we still had a fabulous time. We did FaceTime in the morning. It was great. I'm very grateful that I have a close-knit neighborhood and my family of origin is here in Phoenix. And again, the only reason I have a close-knit neighborhood is because I've been the one who's been willing to be the party starter. I'm the one who started Christmas Eve open house. Come after church. Come after you do other things. Don't come if you can't. Bring any family that's in town if you want. Everyone is welcome at my house and everyone knows that. And it makes for a great experience. So those are some of my tips and ideas and experiences and things that I've learned. Go back to that checklist, plan ahead and prepare as soon as you get their schedule. Accept, handle, and deal with your emotions ahead of time. It's okay to be sad and angry. Get it out, journal it, do whatever you need to do. Call in your community, family, and circle of friends. Let people know that you're going to be alone for the holidays. Don't be afraid to sort of invite yourself, okay? Be the party starter if that's what is called for, and know that this too shall pass because it absolutely will. So from my heart and my home to yours, here's to the gift of the season to you and your family, your pilot, your fabulous life, and making the most of whatever the holidays and the airlines deal to you. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on the show, grab the Pilot Wife Checklist, Seven Keys to a Fabulous Pilot Wife Life. Go to pilotwifechecklist.com. And if you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. Share this podcast with any pilot wives, military wives, or anyone you know who might share a similar experience. See you on the next show.